Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento, Sacramento, Sacramento. Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 19. My name's Turner Sparks. I'm uh, Kaplan. Kaplan. Michael, Miguel Kaplan. Yes, Miguel this yes. time. You're going I'm Latino. showing solidarity with the, uh, there's some raids going on, I understand, as we speak, so. There are raids in Mexico? No, in America. They're, uh, oh, you mean the wall? The wall. Uh, they're, 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 I just was reading something on Twitter that they're. They're doing some show raids to scare everybody, so. All right, well, you can I'm Miguel, find... I'm scared. All right, Miguel's scared. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Turner B. Sparks. You can find Kaplan at M.I. Kaplan 11. Yes, that's Kaplan, what does 11 stand for? 11, oh, of course, I picked that handle to honor Adrian Autry Jr. Jr.? Yes, Adrian Autry Sr. was a point guard for Syracuse back in the early 90s. Yeah, I remember. His son is now a walk-on on the team, but he's not any old walk-on. He's the handshake guy. <laughs> you need the handshake. Yeah, guy. he's the guy, and the team is on a run and a five-game, six-game winning streak. And they say the key is the team's handshakes. He's he's uh, perfected some real good secret celebration shakes. Yes, when they come off the court. They always talk about bench chemistry. Yes, is important in college basketball. It's important in regular basketball. Remember the NBA? The Celtics teams: Bill Walton, an ML Car waving the white towel. Yeah, but they played. Yeah, but not on those teams. They were like the... Oh, yeah, they, they were the old guys. But here, I, I would say it's a little too much. In college basketball, it's a little too much like standing up. Like, after every three-pointer, the whole team has to stand, give a standing right. ovation. Right, and, and they lock their arms a lot. Yeah, like it's which, annoying. On foul shots. It's I like, like in the NBA, they reserve it for, like, when an actual good play right. But it's a good way to stay in the league. Like, like Jaleel Okafor is a, be- a, a scrub <laughs> now in the Sixers. But he could turn himself guy. into a great handshake guy. And maybe all of a sudden you're like, well, we used a third pick on him. We could have drafted a Hall of Famer, Porzingis. But we got a good handshake guy. He's yeah, got to work go. on that. They had the Kings last year had a, uh, Karan Butler. Yeah. Who, he, was, he had like a beer gut the entire season. But they didn't, and they paid him like $3 million. But at the end of the season, they were like, yeah, totally worth it. He was great for the locker room. Yeah. Everybody liked him. So basically, if you can just hang out and be a nice guy. You yeah, can find a place in the NBA. That's easier to work on than defense, I think. I mean, I guess so. you have to be like six foot eight too. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> you have to be able to play if they need you. But, but I don't like the legacy players. I'm not like the Miami right now. Well, has... he's a walk on. I'm like, so he's not a he's not a scholarship legacy. So okay, he's well, ta- he's taking a spot away from an actual student who could be paying money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the last like nine years, our third string quarterback at Miami has been Vinny Testaverde Jr. That's awesome. And like, I don't know when he's going to graduate. If you don't need, <laughs> if you don't play, if you just keep redshirting every single year. And it's so great because like none of the current students probably even remember because Vinny Testaverde was in the league so long ago now. They're like, don't even know he's a legacy. Yeah, I know. He was like early eighties <laughs> yeah. at Miami. So, all right, this week on the podcast, we have Sue Costello, fantastic comedian. She did our Kung Fu comedy show in December. I was there. She, she was, was hilarious. Yeah, she was great. She's from the, uh, the, Fighter, the movie The Fighter. Um, Great she movie. also is from Boston. She's going to tell us all about Boston this week. Okay, good. Have you been to Boston, Cap? Have I been? You've been to Boston with me. Oh, yeah. Your wedding <laughs> I got was married in Boston. <laughs> I got married in Boston. Oh, boy. I forgot. Well, we didn't get married, so it's uh, it's not um, that bad. But yes, you did fly in. You forgot exactly. We're in Boston. <laughs> Can I talk yet? Yeah, sure. sure. We got Sue <laughs> jumping in early. Oh, I'm jumping in early. Oh, no, it's fine. Come on in. Welcome. Here. That's Sue's very here. Boston of me. She came in holding I thought a microphone. I was supposed to talk. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. That's good. Was that 10 minutes? No. Yeah, that, whatever. <laughs> that was basically an introduction. <laughs> we got married at the stateroom in Boston. 
downtown. What's the state room? I don't even know what that is because I'm Rabbi McDreamy was it his used, rabbi. No, he was not. Oh, he's Jewish. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, he had a strict rule that his rabbi cannot be better looking than him at the wedding. So yeah, he had to have like an old he wanted an old guy with a gray beard and you know, respectable looking rabbi. So this guy no. McDreamy was no good. His wife wanted oh, a young, they were handsome a young he hot was a handsome. Thing. He was the hot rabbi in Boston about Eight nine years. Best ago. looking rabbi in Boston. <laughs> all, all the old. I Jewish never even like... met any Jewish people until I moved to Brookline in Boston. Seriously, no lie. Oh really? Yeah, because yeah. I grew up in the inner city, Dorchester, South Boston. We were all very Irish Catholic. Yeah, I don't, I don't know Boston, but I imagine we weren't there. All right, well, we're just <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. For now, we're gonna do uh, Lost in America. I got a good one this week. Should we play the music? Sure, play the music. All right. This week, I want to talk about recycling. Kaplan, yeah. what the fuck happened to recycling in America? <laughs> Sue, when I left, you used to get paid to recycle. What? What do you mean paid? Like, you would t- pick up your recycling, you would take it down to the place behind the supermarket, there'd be a guy there, like, borderline... <laughs> that's not a recycling, that's a homeless guy that you were just... No, but then you would take... This is in California, Northern California. you take the recycling there... And uh, he would give you money. You'd take, like, big bags, he'd throw it in a thing, and then you rock away with, like, $9 right, or something. Right, like 10 cents a bottle or that something? That never happened in Boston. That never happened? No, not in New York either, no. Philly? I mean, um, wherever? Allentown, PA? I, I don't think I recycled back then. It came to us late. This was, like, like, how, when I was a kid state. in the 80s, um, and I guess early 90s, you used, this was, like, how we got, our mom gave us allowance. <laughs> it was just, you take all <laughs> take of, like, all Gary Sparks' beer bottles... <laughs> Down to the recycling yeah. place beer? and all his friends. Maybe um, all you need to do is go back to Northern California. Maybe it's still maybe there. it's still there that way. <laughs> I don't know because he he was drinking. He had a Ranja Boom. He's a very like import guy. Heineken bottles, a Ranja Boom, and then so we take it down. And uh, yeah, my brother and I would put it up in like the Bronco. We drive down to the supermarket. There'd be a guy behind there, and like you almost had it right. He was like a borderline homeless guy, but he had a job doing recycling. He'd throw it back, and you'd walk away. Like, the only thing was, you get like it would be the size of like a bedroom worth of recycling you would have, and then you'd walk away with like eight dollars. Right, it's like ten cents a bottle. But still, now I get to New York. Like the speech I get from my landlord, she knows I'm new to the country. <laughs> And so she's like, here's what you have. You have to recycle. You have to separate the bottles into different, like, categories. Because they get charged. Yeah, they or else charged. you'll get fined. Yes, they don't, nobody pays them. Yeah. They I'm like, when did they flip this? I used to throw stuff away. Uh, I think they did. I think it's society's flipped it where it's become so, like, normal to recycle. Like, I used to just throw a lot of stuff away when I didn't live in, like, my nice building now. And I think recently I was throwing something away and... My wife was like, "What? That's recyclable." And I was just like, I, "I was like, whatever." And then, and then I felt bad about it, so I flipped it totally in myself. That's what people do. Yeah, so they make it so easy. You separate everything, but I still, I don't. Yeah, they don't make it easy because I don't know what which one do you separate. That's what I was gonna into. say. I don't understand. Put the bottles in one, and then you put the cardboard in another. Oh, there we go. And then you put the trash in the trash. So but I, don't, I don't know what the people downstairs from you are doing because we're sharing all the same uh, trash cans. So they have stickers on the side of them. Oh, not on mine. Oh, oh well, tell yeah. you, I'll have to get. She stickers. told me once, and then she's like, "Oh, the right, the gray ones, the gray can is for that one, that one, that one." And then I just totally, there's I forgot no, immediately. Sure there's no sticker on the side. There's nothing. So I'm just guessing every week, he hoping I don't hint. go to jail. I don't. They're know. like toxic. You're you, not I just left them, 12 years in China. In China, they when just... you have trash, you throw it in the river. <laughs> <laughs> like there's literally the guy they who lived don't. next door to me. You would see him walk out to the canal because right. the city I lived in is called Suzhou. It was like the Venice of Asia. Right. So there's canals everywhere. There's little boats going through. There's tourists, like all these Americans. Smell? Like this is beautiful. We're in China. And then my next door neighbor's out there just shoveling his garbage into the canal. And the mom must love it there because it's much easier to get rid of bodies if it's normal to throw things in the river. Like yeah, here, exactly. Like here, it's like, like well. Also, the rivers are like black. Oh yeah, so like, easy to bury a body. So if they're like, six inches under, you can't see them. <laughs> oh yeah, it does. In the summertime, pretty bad. 
And the people are just in the boats like, this is beautiful? Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, you get sold on this Venice of Asia thing, and you're like, we got to check it out. <laughs> then when you snowing. get there, you're like, oh, I didn't know it would be like a garbage dump. <laughs> wow. So we got to fake it till we make it. Like, yeah. yeah oh, this is like, great. you know, in Boston, don't they paint the river green? They do that in Chicago. Oh, in Chicago. Chicago. They oh, well, this is that. It's like that. It's naturally stay every day. Yeah, it's in naturally green. Everything. But that's really funny. People do that all the time. Like, they'll buy something, or they'll, like, go on a trip, and they'll, they hate it, but they have to just suck it up instead of being like you know what i really don't like this no, like, no and then I when they, have to i have to like it well because if you have to go home and brag about it right. or else you feel like you wasted right. your money and you don't want anybody to know that you made a mistake <laughs> yeah. not saying that going to sujo is a mistake but maybe it is but <laughs> people don't even not only do they throw gar people don't even throw garbage away like in in like when i got there this blew my mind in fast food places like if you're in mcdonald's people are done they just get up and leave you know how we like throw our trash in the right. little trash. We take yeah. ownership on our, on our trash. Well, do they have people that clean it up? Yeah, like begrudgingly. You know? <laughs> it's not their what job. What do you mean they don't work there? No, they, I mean, people who work there <laughs> will clean it up, but I think they're, they're, they, would, they would prefer not to. Like, they have signs over that say, like, throw your trash away. It's like a no smoking sign in Europe or something. Or a no smoking yeah. sign in China. In China, or in China. <laughs> yeah. well, that's like a psychological thing. Like, I wonder what that, see, I would want to find out what the meaning behind, like, why? Why do they have such angst about, I'm not throwing my, like, what does it mean? Well, I think like, just because no one else does. In the inner city, in the uh, lower income classes, they tied Tides detergent. Yeah, they don't. That's a symbol of uh, like wealth, like not wealth, Ooh. but like a. It's like if you wash, you, you wash your clothes in tide, so people can smell. You smell like you might have. Oh, you know. Oh, my, really? You know, my yeah. building is like a is like a low income, middle income. Like project like building, a section yeah. No, it's like it's like a it's like a rent stabilized where we have certain things. It's like a we have like nice apartment. Well, yes, but we have like twenty percent is low income, and then yeah. it's like a they so I like the low income people. I want them to not like so Wait. maybe I'll use Tide because then I'll show that like I'm not I'm trying to seem rich, but I'm not kind of thing. <laughs> you're saying I want I want to get in with it. Like there's always like a psychological or a cultural thing. Can I tell you that, what they financial. do? Financial. There's always a financial thing. Like well, I wonder what that is. I didn't know they had this whole. How do I have to, how do I qualify for low income? Because technically, I, I just got Obamacare. Yeah, you could. I if got you, you could get into. Whatever, well, there's whatever. next round of our buildings. You've been to, and actually, if anything opens up in ours, you have to make a certain amount. Or you low income. Yeah, I don't know what your income is. I didn't look that. Yeah, I mean, it's like not your that Obama, high. Your Obamacare statements. Yeah, you might be. In I the, just got here. <laughs> Do people have building. to wear like gang colors to know? <laughs> yeah. what there is. They have to get tied. <laughs> I can see this mandatory tied. I'll show up to the interview <laughs> with my tie. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And so I'll be like, listen, I know I might not look it. <laughs> right, right. But here's my tie. Yes, with bleach. Or without bleach, what's just better? Tied, just bring, tied. bring a little box. Like I just went grocery shopping and had the tide in the top of the bag. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I we should really discuss more about my building another time because there's a lot of crazy controversies going on with a lot of these people. But I don't want to. We have to use different names, of course. And I don't. Cap, you're good. Yeah, you seem a little nervous about talking about your building. Well, because I see these people every out, day, right? but like they just, right. to, just today as a teaser, there's a big controversy because they're very upset that the the school that we live next to a school. And they're very upset about the trash person at the school. They're claiming that he was... Uh, it's a whole controversy. He was what? See, we were just they, talking they, about they trash. They said he was, like, dumping stuff in the sewer. See? They took oh, pictures of him. Oh, tell him to move to China. He'd be fine. <laughs> he could fit right in. photographic was he evidence. Chinese? Maybe he was Chinese. <laughs> Maybe he was I, I should look at the pictures. Was he evidence of the... him dumping stuff in the sewer. Was this and the how he is, He's a bad neighbor. <laughs> All right, wait. Speaking of... Let's get to our sponsors. Should we do it? Cap, I don't want to... Increase your income to kick you out of the low-income neighborhood, but we do have a sponsor. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that, we don't I have don't, to say don't how much clear that. You better not tell them how much you're getting for your shirts. Right. Well, we are, we're in. I can make <laughs> no. I can make millions now. I think I'm in. It's like a one-time thing. Oh, you're already in. Uh, yeah, I don't think they can kick me out. So. Yeah, right, we can get can, we can no? get Gary Sparks on that. Yeah, so Gary let's Sparks. Get to, will... Should we get to Ents? Let's get to Ents. All right, Ents is an app. We're gonna tell you about it too. Yeah, because I want to know. Is an app. And uh, it's run. That's their motto. Ints is an app. Ints is an app. <laughs> Kaplan and I are still figuring out what it is. <laughs> but we just got the guy just came in, gave us a whole new update. Um, what they do, it's an app. It's a. It's like voice. It's like Twitter, but voice messages. Yeah. You can record five minute messages on your phone, and then you can. It makes it really easy to post them onto Twitter or any social media you want. So people are using it to record music. If you're musicians and you just have a song in your head, you can. Play it real quick, put it out, see if your friends like it. 
Um, I'm using it sometimes. We're, we're recording this podcast with it. Sometimes any outtakes, any stuff that doesn't make it to the pod that gets cut out, we put on there. Recording comedy sets or ideas for stand-up, anything you want. You can and throw you it, put on it on there. And it, did it go on Twitter yet? Did you put any? Did Wait. you do it yet on Twitter? Or? Cap's going to start I'm going right to get it press right now, and then bam. So this podcast. The last five minutes. It's only the last five minutes, but that's on it. So that's this on podcast already. comes out on Wednesday okay. next week, but it'll be on Ints right now. Yeah. So my, my neighbors already know. I'm sure they're all on Ents. But it's on Ents. They already know I was bad-mouthing them. It can, we can put it on Twitter if you want. You just take the link. It's an it easy on. button. They have a button in the app that goes yeah. straight to Twitter. I, I just linked my Ints to my Twitter, which is a new feature they well, have in oh Ints 2.11 so or whatever so we're on. I just don't even know. It's I, a new social media platform. So. Let's start our own app so we can get rich and buy lots of Tide. Ints 2. <laughs> no, let's start our own app. Where we pay people nine dollars to recycle and we get four thousand every time. That's that's what they were doing to me when I was a kid. <laughs> yes. Let's do it. it. Didn't make sense. <laughs> All right, let's river. get to Sue. In the Green River. I know. Let's get Come to on. her. Jeez. It's been ten minutes. You don't even talk about me. Kaplan, we got, as you've heard, you guys, we've already met, we got Sue Costello on the podcast today. Sue, fantastic comedian. Um, you, I met you only a couple months ago. I don't even, oh, we met, met in, me at Broadway. At Broadway. Yeah, yeah. You were doing a set. I was up there with Wally Collins. Yes. And uh, I saw you. You were hilarious. Thank you. And I then, am funny. I'm very, very funny. I had to say that. I, I could never say that before. I was always like, I don't know. There's something about being a chick and being really funny, and it's like you're not supposed to be funny. I mean, well, not that many people are funny. They get the really mad at it, though. And you know what else? 2017. It doesn't matter. Chicks can be funny. A lot mad. of people who are funny on a stage, you meet them in person, they're like a bore. You know? Yeah. And but you're I, hilarious, both on and off. Thank you. Tell so you, well, yeah, we met at Broadway, and then I had you came and did the Kung Fu Comedy Show at New York, and then we have a lot of listeners in China. You're going this summer. I'm going to China. I'm so excited. I can't even believe it. Yeah, to do our Kung Fu Comedy. Oh, tour. nice. With I'm Andy so Curtin excited. And everybody. So that's you, like unheard of for a, a girl from Dorchester. Just so you know. I mean, it's unheard of. You're a second female comedian we've had. So I far. am. Yeah. I'm, Honored. So well, it's going to be groundbreaking. So, it's very. Uh, you started comedy in the eighties, is that right? I started comedy in the eighties. Yes. In the eighties? Uh, no, in the nineties. In the nineties. Yes. In Boston. You're aging me. <laughs> in I, the nineties, yes, in Boston. And who were? Because I mean, there's like a million comedians from Boston. Who was uh, around when you were starting out? Who's Marin? Mark Marin. Mark Nick Marin. DiPaolo, uh Colin Quinn was always up there. Uh, I don't know if you would know all the Boston comics, but the, there were like Kevin Knox was up there. Billy yeah, Martin, yeah, yeah. Billy Martin. Uh, Executive producers uh, Bill Maher right now. Uh, who else? That's amazing. Fitzy. There was a whole bunch of Greg Boston. Fitzsimmons. Oh, Greg Fitzsimmons. Yeah, he was my boyfriend. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey. Oh. Right. <laughs> Shout out. out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> he was. My, we moved to get to New York together. We lived together. We oh wow! Together. Yeah. Wow, he's a good comic. Fitzy. Yeah. I taught so, him everything he knows. That's so when you <laughs> likes. That's what's like. So when I, I mean, I started in China seven years ago. Right. There was n literally no one. Right. And so there was no pat. There was no like no one to look up to mm -hmm. as like, oh, that's how you do comedy. Do you know what I mean? But now you're the person. That sounds pretty cool <laughs> to have a community to where you can watch. Were they all your same like your same group or was there people? They were a those, older. They were, were all older. The ones yeah. that I just said. And they were all beyond me. But I have to say, what goes back to being a woman again? They were all men. And I remember being in Boston saying, I can't stay here because of the sexism. If I stay here, I'm never going to make it. Oh, really? And little did I know the sexism was going to get worse when I went to New York and then it was going to get even worse when I went to L.A. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. But then you, so then you eventually did a show. This I did when, my own TV when show. When you went out to Los Angeles? Is that how? Yeah. Or did no, you go I did for it, the show? I did it here in New York. I went on stage at a... And I was hiding myself at the time because I knew, I was, I knew that once they saw me, something was going to happen and I knew I wasn't emotionally ready. Emotionally ready. It's weird. I knew it. I Did was you like, feel like your act was ready? Your stand up? I knew I was. I always killed. I just, from this, I just yeah. did not, because I'm naturally like goofy and funny and like. Yeah. And I don't match up with what I look like because I looked like a boy when I was little. Okay. <laughs> so when I go on stage, like girls that they say that I'm pretty, I guess I'm finally starting to be able to say that too. Yeah. So they say that when you're pretty, sometimes you don't have to like uh, groom a lot of other aspects of your personality because a lot of people, when you're. People will give you stuff, or you don't just. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's I'm. A, it's like being a like a they high say school about me all the time. Like a high school athlete, right? <laughs> yes. Like a star athlete. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People just do a lot of That's the work it. for you. <laughs> yeah. Because I looked like a boy when I was little, I developed this sense of humor. 
Okay. So that together, when I went on stage, because I was funny and the way that I looked TV-wise, they saw me by accident at Caroline's, but I killed. I did an open mic at Caroline's. And I Wait, what do you mean they? Who, who's they? So what happened, the, the whole story that I know now, I didn't know the whole story until Artie Lang just finished the whole story for me recently. Okay. So the Luna Lounge used to be a place downtown where they would do like this hip alternative uh, comedy night. Yeah. Caroline's is, do, does bring a night on Monday nights. I stayed a bringer because I did not want to be seen, and I was teaching aerobics to old ladies at the time. I had a senior class <laughs> at Manhattan Plaza. Okay. And I had to bring 15 people in order to go on stage at Caroline's, and yeah. I had just moved to New York, and I, the old ladies were the only people I knew, so I brought made the old ladies come, so they were in that the audience. That sounds like a great scene. Good move. They yeah. were in the audience. <laughs> and what happened was Luna Lounge got canceled that night. So all the industry that was at Luna Lounge came to Caroline's. Okay. They saw me on stage. I killed. Next thing I know, I had a manager. They took the tape that I had from the manager. The, the tape went to L.A. The next thing I know, I was on a plane flying to L.A. with the old lady's clothes on because I didn't. I had three thousand dollars in the bank, and I had the I had no clothes to wear because I only had like workout outfits. You mean your aerobics gear? Wait, yes. so you got a TV show off of doing comedy at a bringer night? Yes, that is like unheard of because bringer nights are seen as like pretty. You try to bounce out of those. I mean, I'm right, newer was, to the city. It was like well, a time bring... of uh, like a timing thing because the chances yeah. of them ever being there was probably never going to happen. It yeah. just so happened. No, that's that amazing. Were, yeah. That's great. That's Tur- why Turner, if you want to get a TV do. show, you got to start teaching yoga or something. I think that's it's basically yeah, what we're learning 15 here. old ladies <laughs> come to my show. No, but that just proves that you should do comedy anywhere at any time. I mean, obviously, Caroline's is a great club, but like I know a lot of people who are like, I never, I, you know, I don't want no, to No, the ego will kill you. The ego will kill you. Any of that bullshit. Yeah, yeah, Like, I don't do that unless somebody's treating you in. Like, not treating you correctly. Yeah. And I mean, like, sexually harassing you or something. Because, I mean, it's arguable about what is it doesn't happen to me very often. You know often. what I mean? But I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Some people might say, I don't like that behavior. Whatever's comfortable for you. As long sure. as you're not crossing your own boundaries is what I'm saying. So what was your show? What network was the show? It was on Fox. But I had two t- I had two TV deals before that. I shot a pilot, and then I was supposed to be on Murphy Brown for 13 episodes. And nice. I got can- fired after three days. Oh, okay. <laughs> what, what happened there? <laughs> Murphy Brown. What did you do? Candace Bergen, hard to so work funny. with. It's not funny. like my mother. It's not <laughs> funny. Everybody always says that. What did you do? Yeah. I didn't do Well, I've anything. heard you tell in your act like all these crazy stories. I have hilarious Hollywood stories. Like people like, Sue, I did in Boston. I just did like an hour and a half up in Boston. They were like not only crying, laughing, but afterwards they were like, they wanted to hug me. They were like, Sue, they're like, you don't understand. They're like, you telling those stories make us feel like we're not losers. Like, And I'm like, oh, you know, because that's what I mean by the ego will kill you. Okay, now, so should we get into Boston? Because okay. that's an incredibly interesting statement. When I go home, there's no one who's in Sacramento who's like, we thought we were losers. No, I mean, I, that, that feels like, is that a normal... They're very confident in California. Yeah, do people have lower <laughs> self-esteem, you think, in Boston? Or, like... Or is yeah, it well, inherently like a... No, because it the sports teams are really bad for many years. the country, too. I think people don't admit it until I admit it. Ah. That's what's happening. I'm finally admitting because you're telling self-deprecating stories. Not only self-deprecating, but but like beyond like the fact that when I first shot my first TV pilot, the the joke was that the dog was gonna uh, rub uh, sniff my crotch. That was the joke. On the show? Now I'm from Boston. I just came from teaching old ladies. I have no idea what's supposed to happen. I, have, I know, and self-esteem was like. I didn't even have it. I didn't have low self-esteem. I had none. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they were like, Sue, the dog's gonna, we're going to rub the hot dogs on your crotch. That's how the dog's going to sniff your crotch. <laughs> and I remember telling that story later on, like I told it at the moth or something, and everybody was like completely, totally horrified that they rubbed hot dogs on my crotch, and I didn't even know there was anything wrong with it until I told the story at the moth, and they gave me the reflection back that... That was crazily inappropriate. Wait, why? Yeah, um, yeah what's uh, why is that inappropriate? <laughs> <laughs> I, ru- I rubbed co- hot dogs on my genitals. That's like. Oh, you didn't just do it yourself? No, they did. Like, oh, oh, yeah. some guy came up. Were they Hebrew nationals? Totally no, <laughs> is that inappropriate? <laughs> yeah, it's really inappropriate. Yeah, but I see, would not I let know, anybody do that to me unless they were kosher. I don't know. Comics tend to have very low self-esteem because comics will do anything for a laugh, so they don't even know what's not. It's funny. No, that's what the yeah. But I mean, I would, yeah, sure. No, we are in the middle. Can we tell you we're in the middle of right now? Yeah. For we we have a deal with our listeners that for listens we will do <laughs> challenges, whatever they want. People are writing in stuff now. Like if if you get like hey, what are we, what's a thousand? What's the new one? What's the big one? I don't know. We haven't got any. We've, oh, we've decided yet. But that's like what do you call it? Steve O and those guys. I understand that too. I understand. Maybe that. we should do totally. rub hot dogs on the crotches. You know. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the so, but the dog tried to rape me at the end of the episode. We have a Canadian oh. was that guy in the script. <laughs> the just, they told me the dog was in love oh. with me. I'm like, of course he is. That was the punchline. <laughs> dog was it was uh, no, the dog he was, was in so heat. In love with me from them doing that, that he was tried to. Okay, so in my butt. I want to ask though, at least um, <laughs> about bo- oh oh. So then we we'll, we'll get into then you were in the fighter, which is like the ultimate Boston movie, right? Yes. Yes. Which is amazing. I was in Southie too, which is the original. That's that's the Elephant Boston movie. That's the original. Oh, Southie. Yeah. Southie's I didn't like, know that movie. That's like the first album. That's the original. Ah, okay. That's the OG Boston movie. And what? Me, Amanda Peet, Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie Wahlberg was the big, yeah. Rose McGowan, uh, Will Arnett. Lots of big names. Everything okay. I know about Southie is from that movie, I think. I it's a good movie. <laughs> and what? Here's like, because I have friends from Boston and they have, and then I lived abroad, I have friends from Australia and the UK. And actually, like the the attitude is very similar. Specific to like, the do you know the tall poppy syndrome? Mm, I think I do, but I don't remember. You probably know it, maybe not know the term, but the ter- it's an Australian term, I think. But it's the idea that anyone above you is like a dick. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, like you, like what do you think you're better than me? Yeah. What do yeah. you think you're better than me? What do you, no, I was just crossing the street. Yeah, okay, exactly. I saw the way you looked at me. What do you think? You're better than me? Which, like, the rest of America, I would feel like, celebrates fame and success. Not even fame, but just, like, success in whatever your field is. I had girls that I grew up with, that I didn't even grow up with, that I, from my neighborhood, start a Facebook page that they were going to burn me at a stake. Why? This is good. I want to hear why. <laughs> this is what I wanted. This is why I wanted you on the podcast. You got to hear the girl's name. I, I hate, I don't even want to give her credit, but you got to hear her name. Like, this is how, like, out of touch. They're, they're so, like, and to get out of that, to grow out of that, the fact that I got out of that is, is just, and I don't mean it in a way that they're bad. I mean in the fact that I wanted to be different. Yeah. So for me to be different. Because they always like to turn it like, oh, like, what do you think you're better than me? See, I still have that in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think you're better than me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh... What, are you different? What, are you going to go be different? I am different, though. I am different. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but it's seen as a negative, right? Yes, it's very much as a negative. And so they they were going to... They wanted to burn me at the... Wait, why? What was the... Because of my TV show, because of my play, because of my play that I'm doing. They never even saw the play. Never even saw the play. And they're like, fuck her, fuck her. What is she saying about our neighborhood? Which, I, yes, some of it says, well, and you can't control the press. Everybody knows you. Sometimes they say my violent neighborhood, which it's like a joke that they, like, violent. I'm like, you just made a Facebook page that said you were going to burn me. I'm <laughs> like, yes. I'm like, you're perpetuating the exact thing that they're saying. And the girl <clears throat> who, uh, who ran the whole thing was getting them all going. She called herself Janimal. <laughs> nice. Shout out to Janimal. Jan- Shout out to Janimal. <laughs> <laughs> Fan of the week. <laughs> Tell him to listen to the pod. Janimal. Was her name Jan? Where, really? What's your town? What's your, where are you from? I'm from Sa- Marblehead, from right? Savin no. Hill, which is a neighborhood inside of Dorchester. Okay. Yeah. And what about like family? Does family have the same attitude with, with most people or with you? Or is the family supportive but everyone out? My family tries to be supportive, but they don't. I They just, they very, they're blue, you know, they're like, they grew up with their jobs and their pensions and they just don't like. When you it, said you wanted like, to be a comic, what was like that? I told my go? mother I'm going to China, and she's like, what? Oh, really? Like, <laughs> why? Like, why? Yeah? Yes, like, why? <laughs> and I'm like, Mom, sometimes you look at me like, how did I come out of you? Yeah. <laughs> because I'm not, and I am an, I am a true artist in that sense. And, and the more I realize that, and the less I let that old scary stuff bother me, which has helped me in my career, too. But the other, the flip side to that is I forgot about my Boston in my career, too, because I thought that once I went to L.A., I had to not be... Like, if people would say I was tough, I would be so nervous. In L.A.? Anywhere. I'd be like, oh, I'm not supposed to be, I shouldn't, I, I thought took that as a negative. Okay, wait, but back to Boston. Okay. Can we get back to Boston? <laughs> um, what? Boston, I would have fought that guy. Yeah. Well, that's in what I want to talk about. I just would have fought that guy. So I would have punched him in the face. What's the, best, <laughs> what's the best fight you've ever been in? Yeah. Oh, my God. What was in the best Boston. fight? In well, Boston. You know the fight is story. I got into that fight. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, the audience doesn't know it. They don't know if it? If you want to tell that story. It's a great story. That's how I got the movie, The Fighter. Well, how did you get it? Story. So I was uh, drunk. I had a lazy eye when I was little. <laughs> yeah. And it would always come back when I was drunk. Right. When I was 18 years old. And when I tell you, I, when I drank, I was telling them the other night, I was hel- hilarious when I, I was so crazy. When you drank? When I, when I drank. I literally, I, I was telling them the other night, I used to tell the girls at, when I went to Salem State, because I did go to college for a couple of uh, semesters. And I used to tell the girls not. We used to wear tight pants and nude nylons all the time with high heel shoes. That was our thing. And I used to tell the girls, "Don't fall asleep with your nude nylons on because you're gonna get flat bush." 
What's Flatbush? Your bush would get smoked down. <laughs> <laughs> and then it would hurt the next day. So we couldn't do that. So uh, so this my sister was at BU Law at the time. She went yeah. to BU Law. She had like one semester in moot court under her belt. And I was so drunk out of my mind in Faneuil Hall with my lazy eye. We were walking down and <laughs> this girl came walking towards us. She was like six foot seven. And she had on like a six leather. She was so tall. Played she had on a New York leather Liberty. jumpsuit with zippers all over it, everywhere, on the ankles, on the crotch, on the shoulders, everywhere. And she was swinging her arms like a gorilla, like walking down. like Just like, at anybody? Just walking t- towards us. Okay. And my sister knew me like the back of her hand, and she was like, don't you say a fucking word. And so she told me not to say anything, so I didn't say anything. But when the girl walked by me, I went, Pfft. Under my breath, and she turned around and she punched me in the face. And <laughs> really? Takes in Boston, just go. <laughs> no questions asked. Punch you in the face. That's knocked me code. out cold. Not like what are you looking at? Or no, anything. Knocked me out cold. No impulse Really? Control. No, just punch me in the face and knocked me out. I was knocked out, and my sister was trying to calm her down with her moot court skills, like, like <laughs> going to kill me. She was like rah rah rah. My sister's trying to calm her down. I wake up. I call her a cunt. She knocks me back out again. Oh my god! So she was waiting for you to wake up. No, my sister was trying to cut. Yeah, she was. She was going to kill me even when I was knocked out. My sister yeah. was trying to calm her down. I woke up. I said, "You cunt!" And she fucking knocked me back out oh. again. Oh wow! So that was she the just story stood there I told it, and I got in the fight with that story. But I've gotten into tons and tons of fights. I got into uh, <laughs> Dance Factory. We got trapped in me and um, Dance Factory. Me and one of the girls I grew up with. We got stuck in the bathroom at Dance Factory because they put the payphone in the bathroom, and we got into a fight on the dance floor. This is a part of my. This is in my show, my play. Wait, wait, what? So what? <laughs> so <laughs> slow down a little bit. So this is in one of the stories in my play that. Yeah. Uh, you go into the Dance Boston's Factory. Boston's known to be racist. That's right. It's right. so one of the top three things when I think of Boston. We had some tension going on, and we got into a fight at Dance Factory because my friend used to singe girls' hair with her lighter. She used to light it up the back. Why did she do that? <laughs> she was just a wise ass. Just oh. for fun. It wasn't like a, she wasn't like a stylist. That was, no, no, she okay. would take the lighter and singe the girls' hair, and so she did it to somebody on the dance. Not floor. looking for a, just looking for a good time. Looking right. for a fight. Not for, yeah. looking for a fight. And so uh, they got into a fight, but there were t- there was a lot of them, and it was only me and her and my other friend. And so me and her went to the bathroom to call a brother, and they locked us in the bathroom and beat the daylights out of us like, oh, so badly, like really? we died. Yeah. <laughs> wow! At the dance, dance factory. factory. Dance Is factory. that place still there? Dance factory sounds like the coolest name for a dance club. It I, used yeah. to be called no dance factory and Tracy Wahlberg. So I grew up with the Wahlbergs, and Tracy Wahlberg oh, you did. was literally her and Kristen Keaton were the twoest, and Elena Harrigan. Those three girls were the toughest girls around. You never messed with them. And and this kid, Phil, Phil Barano, he went out with uh, Tracy. And I think he cheated on her or something. I remember she kicked his ass all over Dance Factory. <laughs> Shout he out to like, Phil Barano. <laughs> where was uh, where Phil Barano. Phil he Barano. He goes to everybody's wake. He's a listener. He still goes, he goes to everybody's <laughs> wake. He goes to everyone's wake. Even if he doesn't know you. Oh, really? So what? to do. Cries. I don't know. Free booze? <laughs> he goes to everybody's wake. Free booze? I don't know. <laughs> no, just the wake pot. Just, just the wake pot. Oh, I don't know. Open what... casket oh, that's kind of sick. Yeah. Maybe he's looking like, for strippers. We found out last week in China, uh, now they have strippers. Some at, guy uh, did strippers at a funeral. At funerals, yeah. You do? Just to, like, lively, the, you know. To lighten it depressing. up Depressing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hear you. They wear black, though. They do. Oh, yeah, they're polite. They're respectful. respectful. They're respectful. Yeah. Until they take it off. But <laughs> maybe Phil Devonro, whatever. No, but I've gotten beat up all the time. I used to call everybody a whore all the time, and they'd be like, and then they'd knock me out. Kathy Kelly. Were you sober <laughs> when you did this? or no, just? Drunk. Oh, yeah. Kathy Kelly beat me up at... Dance Factory. I uh, know uh, Street Dance Factory. Lights. At Streetlights. <laughs> street street is that another club? South Boston. It was a bar in South Boston. Well. And she asked me if I called her a whore, and I said, yeah, and I called her <laughs> another one, too, and she knocked me out. And my head hit the, uh, you know, the thing where you put your feet around the bar? That metal. Was, oh, yeah, the my foot, head the hit foot that. Um, bar And thing. I had a big, huge, black, like, bump on my head. And I remember I just kept drinking, and my friends were like, Sue. <laughs> just drink it off. I just drank. I always just drank it all off. Wait, I'm upset so, I never got into a fight in Boston when I would go We used go to fight all I, the I, time. At your own wedding? Not my wedding. I used to visit, <laughs> fit, my in-laws were living in Charlestown. Did you talk about this like, off the air? Charlestown's crazy. Yeah, there were some surreal divey bars in, your, in the real, they were like in those buildings by the water. Yeah. That are like, but there was like the real, those, some of those bars you go by, I'd be like, oh, I want to just hang they out here. They had the honeybees in Charlestown. Yeah. That was a girl gang. Oh, they had girl I, gangs? That's... They were called the honeybees. Oh, my God. See, now I'm glad I didn't a... get in a fight, because I would surely get in a fight with a girl gang and get my ass kicked, and that would be <laughs> really humiliating. But... That's what is Wait, so funny girl about gangs. People... Yeah, gangs. Were you in a girl gang? No. Well, I She mean, was in her own gang. Your own <laughs> gang of one. I was a big mouth. I had a really big, big friend, so I used to mouth off all the time, because I knew people were afraid of her. My friend was tough, too. Did you ever win a fight? 
That's a no. <laughs> I don't think I have. Wow, it's quite a fighting record. You literally just fought and lost, fought and lost time. for years. It's more respectable because you're better than people if you win fights in Boston. So you want to. Oh, yeah, you don't want to be a tall poppy. <laughs> no, I don't want to be. Right. What do you if you win, then everybody's me? coming after you. Yeah, they want to show you you're better fighter than me. We didn't care. It was so crazy. The honeybees. The honeybees. Any they, of them. And they get mad if I say this out loud. Like, they're like, it didn't happen. I'm like, it did happen. Yeah, come on, honeybees. Yeah, shout out to honeybees. You guys come on. Do they have a Facebook page? Did the girls fight like that? I've never heard of no, that. No, it's a cultural thing. It really is. And that's a line from my play, too. I'm in therapy, and I say to her, I say, So, yeah, let's it's talk one about of many reasons why I let my wife get whatever she wants, because she's from Boston. And Your wife, was she in the Honeybees? Yeah, she might have been. Alec Baldwin I, said that. I haven't talked a lot about her past. Yeah. Alec Baldwin said to me, he's like, I'm afraid of you. He's like, I'm like, why? He's like, because you drop dead gorgeous. I'm afraid you'll hit, hit me over the head with a bottle. I said, <laughs> Is that his pickup line? I said, the la- <laughs> yes. I said, the last time I ever I got into a fist fight, I go, I don't need that anymore. I go, because I have this. And I pointed to my brain. Yeah. And he goes, and that's what I'm afraid of. And this. And he pointed at my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he's a true American. <laughs> I'm like, if he's afraid of me, then people must be. And I used to be afraid. Like, I used to be like, I didn't want people to be afraid of me because I. I- because they thought I was going to fight them. Because I don't fight people. I mean, it took a long Wait, time. Wait, you just spent the last <laughs> twenty minutes telling us how many fights you've been. But I'm saying not anymore. Like right. I, had oh. to she's reformed. Learn how to control my impulses. Like I, fi- I had to go to therapy to learn how to like for somebody to tell me so it's never appropriate to put your hands on another human. Do being you think they should have that therapy in like the Boston public schools? Like so they could teach I don't the know kids if they that fight young... as much anymore. I have a theory too. <laughs> the snowflakes I think don't. they still do. The snowflakes I have a don't from fight. Boston, Jake Cavanaugh, big listener, shout out. And he used to get us in fights all the time. He did. It's so in it's China. Like... He took his like he took his Boston aggression to China. It's and so crazy. Outside been... Sean's in that little alleyway, they used to fight. Like you just leave Sean's in the middle of the night in Faneuil Hall, like at two in the morning, and it would just be a huge. Everybody would just, just fight. Everybody. I'd been there for a year before my friend showed up. We went to school in Miami together. I'd been there for a year. And then no fights, never get in a fight. Jake shows up with his other friend from Boston, this guy Cheech. Cheech, and shout out. Within a month, I think we got in like three fights the first month because they would just see a guy. They had, they saw uh, a Chinese guy with like bleach blonde hair, and they're like, uh, "Who was the guy in the um, the Mets who had bleach blonde hair? The catcher." Oh, uh, Mike Piazza. Mike, Mike Piazza. Piazza. Yeah, yeah. They're like, "What do you want, Mike Piazza?" They're yeah. calling this guy Mike yeah. Piazza. He's yeah. Chinese. He doesn't yeah. even understand <laughs> English. <laughs> The next thing we know, we're See, just punching him in the face. Happen. I'm yeah. like, oh my god, we were so. I hate the Mets, so I would have been all over. I've been on their their side. That's yeah, like, so they're like, you, hey, Mike Piazza. That's what's so funny is like when they did on Saturday Night Live, they they would say uh, say hi to your mother for me. Yeah, it it was it would be tell your mother I said hi. Oh yeah, because there's a certain like aggression that goes with the language. It's not just say hi to your mother for me. Is not a aggre- that implies tug. you strip the mother. I think yeah. Kaplan, right? I, uh, no, I think uh, she no. means. We just always talked about everybody's mother because we knew it would get people going. That's why I respect oh. Boston because you're not just being you're, you're being clever about it. Yeah, like, very clever. And if, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, if you're not story a good fighter, if you're not yes. clever while you do it. Yes. So this is amazing. That. You're a, someone from Boston who got into fights her whole life and then ended up in a movie about Boston called The Fighter. Yes. That's Perfect casting. Crazy. <laughs> I played a crackhead though, but I've never done crack. So, and I have to tell you. Tell me, tell when I did when I did the audition, so I went for the second part of the audition after I had told the story because David Russell loved it. Yeah, and we were auditioning to play the sisters in the movie, and the the other girls didn't, they weren't like coming through with what, what in the audition. And the so sisters, he, uh, yeah. So he said, "Let's have Sue by herself." And I sat down, and he started asking me about my drug problem, and I was like, "My drug problem." What the fuck is he talking about? My drug problem. And then I just went with it. And I was like, the camera was on me because they were doing it like it was the HBO documentary where they shot Dickie. So they were doing it like they were oh, interviewing us right. for, for about our brother for the HBO documentary. So I was like, if they're interviewing me and they have a camera on me and they're supposed to be HBO and then he's asking me about a drug problem, I'm not going to want this camera to pick up that I have a drug problem. Yeah. I have no idea where this came from. It just happened inside of my body. And I just went with it. And I was like, and then he's like... Uh, he kept me going, kept me going, got me going, got me going. He's like, he must have knew I no, I could do it. And so uh, I was shaking at one point. I had a blotch on my neck. What, he's like, like, tell me about your drug problem. Yeah, Come so on. he kept you going. People yeah. were talking about you. We heard people were talking about you. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't know what they're talking about. Fuck them. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. And I was shaking. And then his phone rang and he answered it. Yeah. And most people would have either stopped, yeah. which you would have lost everything. I wouldn't have got the part. Yeah. Or they would have broke character and said, you're disrespectful because it's hard to, you know. But instead, I just went along with it, and I went, fuck you. I started screaming, fuck you. <laughs> I go, you're going to ask me about my drug problem, and then you're going to fucking answer your phone. Go fuck yourself. And he's like, whoa. He was, like, terrified. He's like, whoa, what do you want? It's my son. I go, I don't give a really? fuck who it is on the nice. phone. And he made them Lean ca- in. He made them carry me out of the room. And <laughs> I was like, Shout out to David's son. And I got in the bathroom, and I was like, and then I came out. And I got in the bathroom, and I was like, what just happened to my body? 
Like he knew what he was doing to my body. Who I carried know. you out? All the other girls in the audience. Oh, told really? Me to get them out of like, here. Yeah. And then I went outside and I could tell. I was like, oh my God, I didn't get the role. And then Sheila Jaffe came out, the casting director, and grabbed me by the face. And she's like, where's Sue Costello? And she grabs me by the face. And she's like, you're going to be in the movie. I'm like, I am. She's like, yeah, you're going to be a crackhead. (laughs) (laughs) And then all the people that I know that used to be crackheads said I did exactly what a crackhead would do. When he answered the phone, they would have taken that opportunity to blow up so that you could get him off talking about the drugs. And I was like, that's crazy. There you go. It's always important if you're going to play a crackhead to get the respect of the crackheads. Yeah, you know, well, they're, they're, you, yeah, you hang <laughs> out. They know you're being realistic and true to When the real, the real yeah, crackheads that's, that's are acting. like, yeah, she nailed it. Yeah, she nailed it. It's funny because like... we were shooting a scene and I put the crack pipe behind me. Yeah. And I just instinctually gra- ran up over the couch and grabbed it and put it back and then sat back down and they kept that in the movie. Yeah. And I remember someone was saying to me, Sue, that was so fucking, that's so real. That's exactly what a crack I mean, I love the idea of crackheads watching it going like, oh, that's me. I do that every time. Yeah, people hate unrealism. No, yeah, because anytime we've talked about this before if you're like right if you're my, like my wife used to work at Disney and if there's ever a movie about Disney she's like it's not how you actually yeah. do it so you don't yeah. want the crackheads being like she no. didn't no. that's not me yeah but you're a movie it. about podcasting you're gonna and it watch was just it. in my it just well, no. instinctually was in my body because I didn't study it I didn't know that I yeah. just instinctually knew to pick it up and they kept right. it was it was cool or if you were a crackhead you wouldn't have remembered it so, no and I know. think stand-up <laughs> has helped me with that kind of when I auditioned a lot of times I mean I've done a bunch of movies and but yeah, it helps me the fearlessness in the auditions and everything because the stand up I've been through so much over the years that I'm like, yeah. What's like? Have you ever had a crazy crowd in Boston doing stand up? Crazy crowd in Boston. Any my fights? first one of my no, I never had any <laughs> fights, but I've had. I'm trying to think if I ever had anybody want to fight me on stage. No, but I when I I did the Silver Fox when I first started. So Billy Martin, who's the executive producer of Bill Maher. Okay. He was the headliner in Boston. He would do the open mics. So the headlines, remember I told you the headliners used to host the shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would host the open mics. And he would tell me, Sue, all you have to do is stay on stage for five minutes. That's all you have to do. You have to get your stage legs. And I'm very literal. And I was like, okay. And I went to the Silver Fox. I think it was in Somerville. I think it might have been a strip club at the time. Silver Fox. Silver Fox. Probably was. I like a strip club that has comedy night. You should have gone there for your bachelor party. Yeah. Before the wedding. Screaming at me. You suck. Get off the stage. And I was like, I know I do. I just have to stay here for five minutes. (laughs) And they were like, okay. And then I remember years later being at the comic strip. Being on the twelve thirty show and it was all black crowd, like total black crowd. I got on stage and I was like scared. I was shaky. I didn't and they were like, Woo, woo, woo. And I was like, What does that mean? They go, That means get the fuck off the stage. <laughs> That's the siren. <laughs> and I remember I was like, Okay, I just have to finish so I can get paid and then I'll get off. And Keith Robinson, when I got off stage, was screaming crying. He's like, Sue, I've never seen anybody be so logical with them. And they were like, All right, we'll let her stay. She has to get paid. Yeah, I, get paid. I respect that. <laughs> but that was all the way from Billy Martin telling me the stage legs. Like, so it came through them. Nice. So, yeah. uh, wait, quickly, and then we'll get to the news. But quickly, tell us about your shows. You got these you, one of so the shows? I had this play about my life. Starts off when I'm 10 years old. Shows all how I went through Boston, how crazy and violent and how vicious I could act. Yeah. And then how I uh, got into Hollywood and then how I came back to myself and figured out what to take, take the light, take what I like and leave the rest from all of it. And what's the show called? I am Sue Costello. I am Sue Costello. And where is it? Where are you doing it? It's at the Broadway Comedy Club. It's on March 8th, March 22nd and April 26th. And you should come see it because it literally shows like... How I take my stand up from my from my life, like I show it right on stage. So you see my life, and then you see my stand up act, and you're like, "Oh my god, she just took it." So cool. it's like three dimensions. All right, I'm coming. I mean, I'm I'm definitely coming. All so right. we'll get other people to come with me. We'll be a good time. I'll go awesome. With you. Caps in. All right, Cap <laughs> and I are committed. going. Are we come done? hang out with us. We'll have a cat. We'll do. Am shots. I done talking? No, no, no. We're gonna do the news. Stick around for the news. Okay. Unless you want to leave, yeah. you know. We'll do a couple <laughs> news stories, and uh, all right, let's get to the news, Cap. Welcome back, everybody. Um, great music. Love it, as always. <laughs> Fantastic. We're here in the uh, studio rocking out. Speaking of fighting, because we were just talking about fighting, Cap, first story of the night is a fighting story, right? Well, I feel like the news that everyone's talking about here in New York is at the Garden, Madison Square Garden. Mm. Charles Oakley, Nick Legend. Nick Legend. Played got, for him for 10 years. Uh, yeah. He got kicked out. I mean, this is well, it'll be last week by then, but he got kicked out of Madison Square Garden 
for he was yelling at James Dolan, the owner of the team. Right. right. He claims he wasn't, but I mean, like he was. Uh, yeah, and you know, Charles Oakley's not just a Nick legend. I feel like an NBA legend. Everyone's got a story. They've Love seen, Charles Oakley. People have seen him around. Did and you see the video? He, the first guy who came up to him, the first. Um, did you see this too? Yes. Okay, so the I like how the first guy who comes up to him, he does like a finger gun, <laughs> and he puts it on the 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 security guard's temple, and then just like mushes him. Yeah. Well, he's very him big. Away. He's huge. He's yeah. like six ten or yeah. something. Right? I mean, Oakley was a player who, like, they, I don't even know if guys like Charles Oakley would be in the NBA anymore the way he played. It, Here's like, another guy who needs to go to China because, as we were saying last week, in China there's fights like every single well, I game. I think he might have heard the pod. Because it happened like the it. night after. Yeah, you're right. We put all on our Twitter. We put all these. I put all these China fight, like basketball fight videos. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Every basketball to a, game you go to. He went to a game in China, and there was um, there was no fights at my game. But, but apparently, it's very it. common in China for the audience, to, the crowd, to get in fights with the players. See, and, so that's yeah. a cultural thing too. So they fight at basketball games in China. The girls fight in Boston. Yeah, totally. Similarity. They think the basketball players are better than them, and they want to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're better than me, huh? yeah, what do you think? You're better than me just because you're on the court and I'm in you the stands? this time? <laughs> yeah. So, so we got to get so Oakley. Shop. Plus, we, they love old NBA players in China, so they could get Charles Oakley could probably go play there now. He could probably play, yeah. I mean, you know, put him on Yao's team with. Um, Throw him a mill. With him, he'd be sent pick and rolls with uh, Jimmer. With Jimmer, yeah. And uh, it could be as he, him and TJ could do some rapping. Because it's hard to be clever. Like, he was probably impulsive. Yes. He was very impulsive. Very impulsive. He was. He, well, he sat down. He came in. He sat down in the front row. He says he near was there the for, owner. He said he was the there team. for four minutes, and then like the security came around and he's got him. He's probably yelling things at the. He, he, but yeah, that's the upstart. That's the Boston thing. Like tell your mother I said hi would be. You would say that after somebody kicked your ass and you were lying on the ground and they were walking away. They oh. would already be walking away, and then you'd go tell your mother I said hi because you don't want to lose one more time. Just to just to yeah. And do they turn around and kick you again? Is that normal? And, kick you and then you know that because it happened. Yes, and but it, it's just this provocative like. Uh, and the other thing is, you said that they're very clever. Bostonians are very clever. It, uh, fighters and it's true. We when I had the TV show, I didn't realize that people didn't know how to write for smart, uneducated people. Okay, they were either smart, right? So they know how to write for educated or dumb and not educated. Not ed right, they it's didn't a good know point. How clever, like we used to and top each other and like so. There was always like an emotional, like like Elaine Stritch will say, you don't just fall on a banana. There has to be a reason why you fell on the banana for it to be funny. Yeah. So the got the racial tension in Boston was was always there. There was yeah. no way around it. And the black girls used to taunt the Irish guys about their lack of pro sexual prowess all the time. All okay. the time. That was the way they, they would get them. And this, I had one friend, Paul Dookie Duke Doodle Mustard. He was six foot seven. Dookie Duke Doodle Dookie. Mustard. Never, Shout out. Never, Shout out to <laughs> Never said a word unless it was important. He used to smoke his cigars. And one night, the girl went right up into his face, like physically, aggressively, right in his face, moving her whole pelvis, like, black guys can do it all night. <laughs> Who are these, like, cartoon characters? Great writing. Great writing. He did right in his face. And he was just leaning there, smoking the cigar. He didn't even let her face it. She's like, black guys can do it all night long. And he didn't even skip a beat. He goes, yeah, that's because they don't got to get up and go to work in the morning. Oh, wow. And she fell over laughing. So uh, You say that, like, I'll do that on stage sometimes and yeah. people laugh, but they get nervous. And I'm like, no, yeah, yeah, she yeah. fell over laughing because that's what we used to do. We used to top each other. And if you topped each other with the funny, it was never insulting. And that's why I don't think I get in too many fights because I would get so frustrated if I didn't top. Like, I'd want to be, I could get my ass kicked, but if I was not clever and the other person was, mm -hmm. that would bother me. So I think, yeah, but the I'm never idea, thinking of things later. It's like <laughs> such out of a movie. Like, the idea, like, I remember, like, growing up and oh, you watch movies and people would just, like, be mean to someone for no reason, you know, or like, hey, nerd, and throw them in a locker. And I'm like, where are these people? <laughs> no, you know, it's They're funny. Awesome. I read the other day about that. That that there's a there's a some it was in a book or something or in a movie and he said once you take away there's a sense of fun to violence and once you take away their sense of fun they won't be violent anymore and I'm like there is there is a lot of truth to that there's a lot of truth to like people picking like this whole sexual harassment thing that right. I've been talking bullying about. bullying like, is kind of a and thing too the less too, I feed into it the less I let it affect me it's almost like it dissipates it's almost like when you show them that. It bothers you, which is the old, like, simple, like, back, you know, if you show them it bothers you. But it's not, yeah. but it's not, don't tell them that it bothers you. It's don't get it out of your system so it doesn't bother you, if that makes sense. Yeah. I have a last p fighting uh, question about Boston because I'm trying to figure out the best areas to get into fights. Yeah. How was Lynn as a fighting area? Because that's where my father-in-law's business Lynn, one. And that always seemed... sin. You never come out the way you went in. <laughs> exactly. That seemed like a fighting area That's to a me. pretty good fighting <laughs> area. <laughs> All right. That's, makes their, note. that's what we used to sing about Lynn. Lynn what Lynn about sports games? Are those good to fight at? Oh, my God. Every, I'm What's the best you, one? Hockey? Yeah. Yeah. I went to the Rangers-Bruins game. It's funny because it was the Rangers game. So they were like... 
But there's just something we, we Boston just has a reputation. People just know we're just punks. Yeah, I'm gonna for... to visit Boston after all this. We should go to Boston. We should do a, a road post. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Teddy. Fight, but I guess we'll your friend to... Jake fights like that. Oh, right? he fights like that Jake. for sure. I would have fought. I I still go on dates with guys, and I'm like, if I can take them in a fight, I cannot date them. I size them up in my head. Right. Oh, really? I don't fight anymore. So you can't date any New York Jewish guys. So we, you, know, it's, it's not, it's not, you take them all. No. But I could, I could fight Greg. I, Greg was the only exception. I could have beat up Greg. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I'm going to take Teddy a look at Harvard eventually. So we'll do a pod there. There you go. That's <laughs> not where the fighters fight are. Harvard. No, it's That's very... Not... Um, it's almost like Stanley Kowalski from the... It, it, they, somebody said that he was based on uh, Jackson Pollock because he expressed himself physically instead of verbally. Like, there's something very, like, guttural about the fact that we we expressed ourselves from, from using our fists instead of, like... And I I, know they were, I think some of it is the sexual repression. It was, like, oh, a connection. Yeah. There was a lot of sexual repression. People need, um, if you can't, outlet. like, express yourself, like, physically... Whatever, sexually or even like hugging people, that kind of thing. It, it comes out we other ways. Hug. We literally, my mother never hugged me. Yeah. You know what? I, I went to India and guys hold hands there. Yes. Because they're not allowed to like, like hug a girl in public or whatever, you know? So they need the touch. You need some kind of human connection. Yeah. And I really think that that's what a lot of it too. Yeah, so Boston, they just punched. Are they gonna get? Maybe they'll get a blow up doll based on last week's story about oh, the yeah, that's <laughs> come to India. <laughs> All right, should we do the should we do the next news story? Let's do some more news. All right, French woman is handed free soccer tickets after male supporters unfurl sexist banner. That's how they handle things. See in New York, I want some tickets. Yeah, I've been sexually harassed. What kind of tickets? Can so I what get? they did, they had a banner. It's it's in French, <laughs> but it's translated like basically at the soccer game. These dudes held up a banner. At basketball, like, I think, right? Is it basketball? Soccer? Oh, it's soccer, right? It's soccer, soccer. Uh, men belong on, in the stadium. Women belong in the kitchen, which is like 2017. That's, like so That's not even clever. That doesn't affect me. I'd be like, yeah. all right, I'll make you. A what is the point of so making that sign? You know, team, you go, I have no. I mean, like, I'm gonna yeah. go to a game and I'm gonna put all this effort into a sign, and that's what I'm gonna come up with. Yeah, I know. And then, <laughs> so then the team decides, as a way to apologize, they give free tickets to women who want to come to the game. I guess to and get more banners. Right. It's going to be a vicious cycle. They're going to make more <laughs> signs. Wouldn't that be the last place they'd want to go is back to the same game? You just got harassed. Like, I'm not sure. They're just going to try to be PC. But I don't know. I don't even. That seems I mean, like, the only time I get mad about it is when it interferes with my work. That's when I get mad about it. The rest of the stuff, I'm like, whatever. I can't even be bothered with. But when somebody gets in the way of my work. Yeah. When I lose work because somebody's sexually harassing me and I ask them to stop it, which is a lot. Yeah, that's when I have a problem. If you're gonna just say whatever, you can say I'll just you walk away. I don't care that much. But if you get you take my work, my my ability, and and that that goes to like not getting paid equal pay. Either. And who would it be? Is it like club owners and oh stuff? Oh my god, I just worked at the Borgata, and the Booker it was so. Not only he called me to come down and save the day because the headliner walked nine hundred people out of the place. Walk them out. Nine hundred at one time. He was so disgusting, and then he was like, "Fuck you!" As they were leaving in a casino. <laughs> oh my gosh! In a casino. That's big, that's like a march so at some point. <laughs> it's like a protest. Like, in a casino, that's serious business. Because comedy in a casino, you know what you're doing there? You're just trying to get those people a sure. break so that they can go and gamble. You're not. That's all you're doing there. Yeah. So the fact that he pissed off that many people, so I came down. I saved the day. Yep. The guy, the middle act, was so disgusting and like leer, like being sexually harassing to me and everything and I was supposed to get more dates and then I came back in December and uh, I killed and I told the guy uh, who was booking I told him to stop it he was like yelling at me about what was going on with the guy the headline I'm like what are you talking about I'm like I'm the one who just saved the day I'm like you didn't lose your job because of this and that happens so much where there's guys is this the, in Atlantic City? Yes. This yeah. is what happens so much where the guys want to put the aggression on the guy and they're afraid to put it on the guy so they put it on the woman. Well, like, what does that mean? What do you mean? He was mad at the right. At he didn't the, want. To he was mad at the headliner. Take it out. Oh. So he told the headliner he could stay in the hotel. He wasn't even mad at him. Yeah. He took it out on me. Yeah. And then I stuck up to the guy because I couldn't. He told me I, I was supposed. to... I kill, kill, killed under all the duress. But did and any? Like, you swore, and I'm like, okay. And the next night, I told him to stop it. And the next night, I went back. The guys were all swearing. I went back the next night. I didn't swear once. I killed even more. And then uh, when I went to go, I was supposed to get more dates, and he wouldn't give me the dates. And I'm like, "Don't do!" I, I'm like, "Don't do this to me," because I'll go to your boss. And then he told me to uh, go get my nails done. He understood. <laughs> go get your nails done. <laughs> First of all, he should. I thought you were gonna say he offered you free tickets. Uh, like no, these French no, guys. No, no, he should no, have no, done no. that in a banner that hung on well, the comedy <laughs> rafters. Women belong. And I getting got his nails boss. done. Not 
I called his boss, and his boss was like, oh, I really do care. I really do care. He didn't care. And then they sent the head of security to it to interrogate me. And I'm like, oh, they gave you the Charles Oakley treatment. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? They should give Charles Oakley some free chicken by the way. in the head with your finger guns. I don't give a fuck. I go, why would I? And they're like, I'm like, I have the text, and I do have the text from him. He goes on and on and on and on, and he told me to make sure that I didn't have camel toe. Oh, my God! I mean, it's horrific. Wow. And they were like, you People don't are... have the t- text. I said, you give me the work and I'll give you the text. I'm like, I'm not going to just give you the text. And so Jeez. sure enough, I, I don't work there. And I'm like, what do I care? You weren't going to let me work there anyways. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to tell everybody. I feel like the casino. Don't work there, Turner. I'm not. Protest. That's it. I'm boycotting. Don't work there. If you get I'm a night, I'll work anywhere they'll book me. If you needed a middle act, but I would have. I would uh, expect you to down. not work there. I can take care of myself. I mean, I can't get booked there anyway. It doesn't matter. Well, you know. I'm not a casino Hey, if uh, uh, Charles Oakley or no, if the French, if any of these people in the story want to come on, oh, we'll have everybody. We'll on have the everybody on. We'll clear the air. Was that when you get in the way of my work? So crazy. Oh, thanks for your compassion. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. I'm like, Shut I up. don't know. I like that. Literally, that's what happens, and it's. And I don't know if any woman. I been feel able like to vocalize it. Like I'm because I'm not as emotional about it anymore. So I'm able to vocalize it, and people are starting to be like, "Oh, that makes sense." Like, oh, that's- no, it does. I get it does make sense. It's just like I've. I feel like yeah, all right. So when the election happened, mm-hmm. uh, n- November, yeah, it it I was one of those people that was definitely in the bubble. You know, I didn't see it coming at all, and I feel like it's the same with this. Like if you don't, the people, I guess the people I'm around, or I don't see it. Well, that's what I also realized. And so then I don't as know. Women, but as women, we are I we're trained to be so mad at guys, and I've learned like no, they don't know. Yeah, like I just we definitely don't know. Don't know, and I got I was gonna say also, there's a lot of guys who do not. Approve of that kind Who of are behavior. Not like that. It's devastating. The guy, I, I did nothing wrong. The guy was disgusting to me, and I lost work. And not only did I, I did exactly what I should do to keep my job. Yeah. And I can't have my job. Same thing happened with Byron Allen's company. Byron Allen, shout out. <laughs> Whoever that is, I'll, I'll I know who that is. What, unleashed comics, unleashed. I have so. emails from him too and his guy. That, that I, I like it. Name more names. I might put them all. <laughs> this is we need our pod to get I big. Might have yeah. my own <laughs> who else? Enemies we got uh, the honeybees. <laughs> we got Byron Allen. We're coming after all you people. Some guy in the guy at the Borgata, the sleaze bag. I am laughing. I'm sure the Trump seventies uh, disco agent. I am laughing. So What's I'm that club? The disco bar. Dance factory. Is that place still there? Is that no. uh, all I imagine? Yeah. There's CNC Music there. Factory, just like busting it up in the dance factory. There was a lot of um, any Dunkin' Donuts fights. We didn't get to that, but no, I'm Dunkin sure there's got to be. Everyone's got to no. Oh. But people would do stuff like that, smack somebody's <laughs> coffee out of their hand. Or something yeah, that seems like the most Boston thing you can do. Is just Dunkin' right, Donuts. So we, last, we do our last story. <laughs> Let's do some more news. Yeah. All right, Boston story. Do you want me to tell you any more people? I might have my own. Yeah, clash please accent. do. No, I might. I might because I have all the emails. Oh, from the Wilbur. Bill Blumenreich from the Wilbur. Yeah. Email me, you fucking loser. I don't have any time. <laughs> <laughs> the Wilbur Theater? He goes, you Boston? fucking loser. I don't have time for you. Well, just because you're a woman? You fucking loser. Who I don't acts have time. like this? But maybe he acts that way to men too. Who are these humans? Maybe just I an think asshole. I'm going to put them all together and eventually either put a book together or something because what do I care? I don't know. <laughs> we need more names. Now you're coming after white guys. Yeah. The big, this pod is just. But I seriously might put together a book and just have all the emails because you, you can't argue with the emails. Right. Like people just can a say, book of just emails. release them to WikiLeaks. You fucking and... loser, you don't have camel toe. I mean, it might be really funny. And like, call it, they're not booking me anyway. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Let's fucking burn Email. this motherfucker down. <laughs> Letters to people who won't book me. Let's what are you going to do to me now? <laughs> and then I'll make millions of dollars and I'll be like, whatever, I do what I want. I am the new feminist. And there that is go. true, though, that I can laugh about it. Like, I literally put on Instagram a guy with a headset on and it said, yeah, that sounds nice. Let me transfer you to someone who gives a fuck and I'm like <laughs> this is every guy I call about somebody sexually harassing me <laughs> so I don't know if there's a lot of people who can like laugh like I've worked really hard to like because what they do is they want you to act crazy so then they can say you're crazy yeah and I'm not crazy it's a good and strategy I'm, yes and I'm like that was it. always my strategy you just Save stay it. calm yeah. and you let them go nuts because yeah, what they're doing is down. real it would cause people to get crazy what the way they treat you to call somebody a fucking loser for no reason I mean just yes. you fucking loser. Like just you got an email just one that you woke up no, and you're like, wanted, oh, it's the Wilbur Theater. Let's see what they want. I wanted to do want. my special there, and yeah. he told me it was going to be nine thousand dollars a show, and I couldn't sell any tickets because I wouldn't sell any tickets. Well, you definitely wouldn't if you couldn't. <laughs> if you're not allowed to, exactly. <laughs> and I told, went to this Wall Street guy, and I said to him, I said, listen to what this guy said to me. What is it? He goes, that guy is so fucking with you, Sue, because he's getting in the way of his own business. Yeah, just to fuck with you. 
Yeah, that makes no and sense. And then I went and I sold out fucking Laugh Boston. I, I'm telling you. It's there so stupid. But, but the old me, I would have listened to And then you punched Bill. somebody. No, I would have listened to Bill and I would have been like, oh, and my self-esteem would have been low and I would have yeah. been. So, so, if, so I always say this about women. If you see a woman who's successful and still like kind of happy, think about how much she had to do to get to that place to like overcome all this kind of stuff that goes on in the background. Sorry, it's but crazy. I'm taking the match. Light it. And I'm going to fuck it. What does it say? Sometimes you got to burn those bridges behind yeah. you. We are never playing the Borgata. Yeah, so you can't go back. I'm never staying oh, there. Yes, We're never staying. We're boycotting. No, that. I'm still talking about it because I still email the boss every single day. Does Trump still have a place down there? <laughs> he went, bank- <laughs> <it> went bankrupt. It went bankrupt. We'll switch. Email- Everybody go to the Trump. <laughs> no bar- so no Borgata. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do We're the only people left on earth supporting. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Trump. thank God we know the guy that owns Trump's Trump comedy brands. <laughs> I wonder his comedy club is here. This, this podcast is gonna blow up. Let's do a women's down. march on the Borgata. Everybody, stay at the Trump. Yes. And we're going to the Borgata. All right, last news story straight out of Boston. Yes. Oh. Tina Lund, do you know her? No. You punched her ever? <laughs> Probably. Tina Lund is she arrested an- after giving cops a fake name. And the fake name she gave them is of, of, is of a person who was already wanted. Oh, whoops. Says, Hilarious. Pro tip, if you give cops... This is from the Huffington Post. Pro tip, if you give cops a fake name, make sure it's not that of a person okay. wanted who, for more serious crimes than a small infraction you're accused which of. Okay, that's was, hilarious, and you need to, I need to take a picture of that because Pratt... This kid, Timmy Pratt, or Tommy Pratt, that I grew up with, he was a cop, Boston cop. Shout out. My friend's older brother, Booger. Booger, shout out. Shout out to Booger and Tommy Pratt. (laughs) Did some drugs. He was a drug guy. Of course. He was coming out of a house stealing something one time, and you would think that the cop would arrest the guy stealing something. Yeah. He pulls up and he just says, Hey, Booger, (laughs) put that back. The cop knew his name was Booger? He goes, Put that back. He goes, Do me a favor. Next time you steal something, make sure you can carry it and be. Make sure it's in style. It was like a big, it was a big he got arrested TV. by the fashion police? <laughs> it was a big console TV. Oh, it was, was a beta like and a the big... Simpsons joke? <laughs> but like, that's a perfect... Like, what, yeah, what? this girl gave a fake name. But that is so fucking Boston right there. You don't have. We didn't have to talk at all about Boston. All you had to do was read that. Well, she probably thought like, oh, this will all outsmart them. I'll give them some other girl's name and then they'll just arrest that girl. Because I already know she's wanted for stuff. But all that happened was they, they, when someone's wanted, their name's already in the system. <laughs> so all they had to do was type it in the system and be like, this isn't you. What was and the person they, wanted for? And then they go, why do they uh, make that movie? Like, if you put that in a movie, they'd be like, why are you saying that about us? I'm like, because it's, it's true. Because it happened. <laughs> she had what? several warrants out. The real person had several warrants out for her name, including three counts of assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, oh. kidnapping, large She fighted the dance uh, with a... Illegal possession of chemical mace. <laughs> Oh. And according to Boston, she sounds like she was in that, that crew. What's the? Uh, that would have been me. That would have yeah. been the honey, maybe the honey, the honey bees. If honey I bees. didn't make it to get the dogs. What would your box. name you? <laughs> if you didn't make yeah. it to the top. What would your name be if <laughs> I you? Right to mediocrity. If you give a name, like That's if you get arrested, fake name. What would anywhere. you use? If I had a fake name, I'd probably say Michael H. Weber. Michael H. Weber. Yeah, that, a friend of ours is on the podcast. I would just say blue shirt. Just no, say wait. Blue Shirt. Our lawyer. Uh-huh. Yeah, give him our lawyer's name. He can get him out. We I got might, a pod lawyer. I might say Ikram. Yeah, since Blue he's... Shirt Esquire. Oh, in case he gets, we might have some issues. He comes on sometimes Atlanta. and tell us everything, how, every way we're breaking the law by Is doing this podcast. Is he going to tell us? He might be like, Sue was, no, I can say whatever He I can want. represent you pro bono. It's You're a moron. My story. I can say whatever I want. Of course. Yeah, and yeah. We Allegedly this, we on can everything. Counter, they we can counter. We offer yeah, this come coupon at us, to... honeybees. How are you going to counter that? What, I don't have an email like... that says you're a fucking loser. Look, we offer this to every guest when they come on. <laughs> it's, the... <laughs> it's in our gift bag. If you get arrested for fighting in the next month, we offer you a lawyer blue shirt. <laughs> yeah, free of charge. Free of charge. You're so get moron, in a fight. Moron, punch. Are the honeybees like... I'm going to win. Wait, watch me. Everybody who's listening, all four of you people, that are listening to this. Hey, there might be five. Five. I am going to win. Watch me win with all these guys. They can call me fucking loser. They can call me <laughs> cunt. They can call me whatever they want. I'm still going to win because I'm funny and I'm going to make it. Watch me. That's go fuck yourself, <laughs> Boston or <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> Honeybees. Honeybees. We're coming Everybody, after you. All the people trying to knock me down. I don't care. I'm going to be like that guy that keeps getting punched down, punch, punch. Eventually, he's just, they're going to stop yep. punching because I'm going to be like, Tell your mother I said hi. Hey, that's it. All right, that's the podcast. Let's go. That's a good way to go, go out, out with right? that, mom. Thank you all for listening. Episode one, season two. Season two is underway, Kaplan. This is season two. Oh, my Twitter. Which one's season two? We're off to a killer start. Oh, yeah, What's your are. Twitter? My Twitter is at Sue Costello. My Instagram is I am Sue Costello. Oh, and the other reason why I'm not afraid to say this to these guys is because I have my play and I know what I have on my hands. Like oh. I'm like, I don't need you. 
Hell yeah. And we're coming to the play. Once I'm again, the date's you. March 8th, 22nd, and April 26th. Broadway. And I'm going to have them up on SueCostello.com when I get home. Broadway yeah. Comedy Club. Put the tickets Not at the Borgata. Sue Costello, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Get lost, everybody. Get lost. <laughs> <laughs> credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.